Live money what? web pick. Live money web pick. Dave I'm went. Pissed. He did it. I'm he pissed. went Jordan Love. I didn't know. If oh, jeez. <laughs> Crazy. Wow. I thought I was getting him in the third. Web.com podcast off-season edition. We are back again. We are back to talk some more draft content. Mm-hmm. Since uh, since last time, it's been pretty quiet in web in terms of wheeling and dealing. So people are starting to settle in now. They're starting to figure out, you know, who they're going to be targeting. I mean, we still have two months to go, so I'm sure plenty of deals yet to come. But this mock draft is going to look a lot different than the first one we did only about a month ago. Uh, we have teams that have moved around the board. We've had an NFL draft since that point. Players' values have changed dramatically. So welcome in, guys. How you? How you doing? What's up? Hello. Doing well. Yourself? Good. Doing I'm well. I'm doing great. I am That's doing good. great. I am ready to to get into this again because yeah. this is easily the most excited I've ever been for the draft. Yeah, I was going to comment on that that trade burst we had, which was looked to correlate with the NFL draft. I don't know if we've had it like that before. I wonder if that's a sign of things to come, or is it just this 2020 magical year that everyone's just fired up about? Well, and the thing is, too, is we're the, probably going to have this again next yeah. season, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I don't know. I think it's it didn't really hit me till because I don't have many picks in this in this yeah. web draft. But in Money Web, when, when that third pick came up, I forgot yeah, the good. high you get when, <laughs> when you're up and chance to take two at Superflex. So yeah, I'm excited to get back at it and do another mock. Yeah, I I have it's become a ritual for me that I think about the eighth pick for substantial amounts of the day, I think about the moment that I announce it to everybody and, uh, you know, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna throw it out there for everyone right now, since it's hashtag smokescreen season. Yeah. I was going to say, is this rugs the biggest smokescreen of all? Well, let's just say, uh, I hope the web world isn't shocked when Henry rugs falls to the second round. You know what? I wow. thought of this when I read the the season in review when you made multiple comments about how your defense got just shattered. I was like, <laughs> hmm. <laughs> Interesting. I've been spending a lot of time thinking about Chase Young and his dreadlocks. We'll see. <laughs> oh my gosh, here we go. <laughs> but that is the name of the game right now in web. It is smokescreen season. I don't think we've ever really had it like this uh, where people are blatantly trying to throw people off the scent. And that also leads to the question of are people actually doing that with rumors or are they telling the truth and just pretending that it's mm-hmm. potentially a lie? It's, yeah, as a bystander without a first round pick, I... I have no idea what is going on. It's impossible <laughs> to keep up with what everyone is saying to the point where 
I know you guys are joking. It was no fun, but it was getting annoying for me because everyone was just saying things. Half of them are probably true. Half of them were just completely out of nowhere. So, I mean, at this point, maybe this whole thing with CD Lamb Frazier has been a front for something bigger. I I don't know. It's I just need the draft to get here so we can yeah. actually put these names on teams. I mean, my well, running back depth is severely lacking. You never know what I can do. <laughs> Could the two hundred dollar bet be fake? I don't know. <laughs> it's all staged. Tim's in on it too. <laughs> Oh, my God. Well, we're going to try our best to sort through the rumors here. We got a couple of web reporters on the podcast crew here. So, you know, you guys are out there doing your due diligence and hopefully bringing some clarity to what we're going to do today, which is Mock Draft 2.0. We are going to do this thing now that the players have been drafted. There are landing spots. We talked about that last time. And now we're going to do our best to attach those players to the correct teams, which, uh, like I said, the board looks slightly different, especially in the second round. A lot of movement in the second round, and we are not going to be doing that lightning round style. We are going to do a full go in the second round. So let's get started because this could be a longer one, but let's try to have some fun with it here. Uh, number one overall still is Dan. We had uh, a little community mock draft going on on Twitter last week, and the community believes it's Jonathan Taylor. That is the pick we had last time as well. Frazier, you are up with this pick for 2.0. <sighs> All right. So my logic, trying to figure out what Dan is going to do. So since it's smoke screen season, which we might as well call the name of this pod. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Dan has been more vocal about CEH, um, which leads me to believe that in his heart he's taking JT. Um, but Dan's always been one to just kind of tell tell us what he's going to do. At, at least he was last year with the DK, um, with the late <laughs> fake smoke screen on the day of. Yeah. Which leads me to believe, along with his just affinity for Chiefs, that he's being straight up. With this pick, I think he's going to pick CEH, pair him with Mahomes and Tyreek, and just lock down the Chiefs. I don't think JT is going to be the pick as of right now. Wow. All right, here we go. <laughs> Caleb, what do you think? Yeah, I. this is one I keep going back and forth on. I Dan definitely has it set in his mind, but I just can't get a read on him right now. Especially, yeah, like you said, Frazier, last season where he... Did the whole late smoke screen Met- mm-hmm. and then Metcalf, Jacobs. I I think he's probably just going to keep it in until draft day. And then um, I, I like the pick. I mean, you can't go wrong, really. I think going to half point PPR gives uh, Edwards Alaire a little bit of a boost just because Taylor isn't a prominent pass catcher. Um, it's probably mm-hmm. a weakness of him. So. I think he, that'd give me or give Edward Solaire the slight boost for me. For Dan, I don't exactly know, but I have a feeling he'll enjoy taking a guy like Cladheads were hilarious one. Yeah, and that's, I mean, we're right away here. We're getting into something that uh, we didn't have a clue what was going to happen when we did our first mock draft because Edward Solaire went to me at number eight. And uh, mm-hmm. he's the first yeah. running back off the board. He's in the most <laughs> high-powered offense in the league. And like you said, Frazier, Dan has a heavy investment in the Chiefs' offense. Mm-hmm. He's, you know, Pat Mahomes, Tyreek Hill. 
Uh, he's on record of saying that he believes that Edward Solaire is going to be a top five running back as a rookie. Uh, and he's also on record of saying that he thinks he's going to win the big five this season. So you know where his head is at. He is going guns blazing here. And I honestly, at this point in time, I believe that it will be Edward Solaire that is the pick. I feel like that is the best piece if he's really trying to plan here a full send championship type of a season. You know what I was I was just thinking of? I think the smokescreen is all just a result of everyone being so excited by the 2020 class. And in like years past, you've noticed people being very secretive about it. But this year, everyone wants to talk about it so much that they've resorted to just putting the anything is possible <laughs> show on. I could take anybody. I just want to talk about people. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I, I mean, it's it's the most incredible class we've ever seen in web. I mean, you have people in the late first that are yeah. salivating at the type of player that they are going to have a chance to pick there. So um, let's move on here. Number two. So with Clyde off the board, that leaves JT remaining and Parker on the clock here. This will be my pick. And I, it's gotta be JT. I mean, I don't see any situation here in which Parker's not taking whichever one falls to him. It's going to be one of those two players, uh, and he's going to get a, a potential star here in, in Jonathan Taylor for the Colts. I was, I was just trying to text Parker. For some, <laughs> <Just> some intel. <laughs> yeah, I didn't, we got any news. <laughs> oh, but no, yeah, JT, just we've talked about it all offseason. We'll keep beating beating the dead horse, but just either him or CEH is just a perfect fill-up for this lineup. He also had a Michelle for a little depth, but you'd picture JT just slotting immediately into the RB2 spot. Worked out perfectly. Parker getting off of DJ. Was that this year? Or was it last, last year? year? Last year. Getting off DJ. Getting these picks to reinvest. Really turned his rebuild slash retool uh, into a really quick process. It'll be he'll have a nice starting lineup going into next year with JT in there. Yeah, we touched on it last week, but this is a perfect situation for him. Um Parker's got to be ecstatic. One or two, you're getting a, a high-end, probably starting running back coming this season. So Jonathan Taylor's got to be the pick 10 times out of 10 here. Agreed. All right, Caleb, you have the first new pick from our 1.1. The number three overall wow. pick is now controlled by Frazier, who traded up from 11. So... An eight-spot jump for Frazier. He's been pretty vocal Oops. about uh, the player that he was targeting with that move. But uh, do you believe him, Caleb? Boy, <laughs> there has been there's been a lot of talk, a lot of smokescreen. But if if this is not C.D. Lamb, it will be the all-time end-all, be-all <laughs> smokescreen because I. <laughs> The change like the the team name, or did you change the team name, or was it just the picture? No, just the picture. Just the picture. So no official name change. I know you were floating around <laughs> some names to me to try and test out. Um, but I, I think it's got to be C.D. Lamb. That's what I'm taking here. Um, there were We were sort of back and forth on whether we liked the situation for him. 
And I think I've definitely come around to thinking, uh, I think he's going to be really good there in Dallas. Like you said, Amari will be taking away a lot of attention from him. And if they do end up keeping Dak long-term, that's a solid uh, quarterback. I, yeah, I, I don't have any problems with this pick. The running back depth is a, is a pro a little bit of a problem. Like you said earlier, Frazier, but um, I think you're sticking to your guns here, but this is a small part of me that thinks maybe just maybe we get a, a Dobbins. I, I don't know, but I think for now I'm going to be going with CD lamb. Well, at some point I'm going to have to decide what's more valuable to me, just having CD or just the complete shock value of getting to make a pick that's not CD. Cause that sounds yeah. fun too. I mean, if you, you could definitely, I could see someone like coming around on, could come around on Judy somehow. I don't. I don't Maybe. know. Like it's not that far off. I know. So. I we have two months here. There are people right now yeah. that could have claimed that they have our locked and loaded pick, and in you know another month and a half, all of a sudden that changes. Something comes out, or you know we don't know what's going to happen. And I mean, I I agree. I think CD is going to eventually be this pick. I feel like you don't make a move like that unless you have a very specific target in mind. But mm -hmm. uh, you know, maybe uh, maybe Dobbins does sound really nice if you're looking to make one last uh, big time title push with Dave breathing yeah. down your neck in the pack five. Yeah, you could say Dobbins fits my window better than CD. Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> We'll see. All right. Uh, moving on then. Tim still has the number four overall pick. So now this is his highest pick, his first of four firsts. And Frazier, you're on. All right. The, big, the biggest smokescreen oh. pick of all. Tim <laughs> picking it for Notorious Judy guy. All he talks about. He hasn't texted me about anything non-Judy related in like a month. <laughs> Loves him. He's picking Judy here. Yeah, I, uh, I, I still, there's a small part of me that still doesn't believe it because of how hard he's trying to make everybody think that it's Judy, which is what he tried to do before it was going to be Judy. Yeah, I don't know how many layers to this Tim is going to end up creating, but he's already admitted to smoke screening once saying it was Judy. And now we're twisting it back to, he talked himself into it. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're, it's completely turned into the opposite of what he was trying again? to do. <laughs> this that is what a smoke I, screen looks like I, when it becomes a solid. <laughs> you, you smoke screened yourself. <laughs> he just smoke screened himself. Now he doesn't know what to do. <laughs> but is the smoke screen of himself the smoke screen? I don't know. <laughs> Tim just with the ultimate 4D chess move here. 5D. Um, but I, I I couldn't blame him for going like the Dobbins route or maybe a Swift if you really like some, but I think where his team is at right now, being absolute trash basically, um, it'd probably be best to go get a receiver that you can use for what we're expecting is like uh, five plus years for sure, yeah. Uh, rather than a running back like Dobbins, who you know usually they have like a three four year window, maybe more if they're really good, but. I don't think he's going to be in competitive mode for a little while, so um, it might like, make more sense to take a receiver here. Yeah, it's like even the really good ones these days, like 
you got even the 2017 class, there's rumblings about McCaffrey not having as much value as he once had. It's like, as a rebuilding like team like Tim, where he could be like two years off, you don't want to have an asset yeah. that depreciate in value, even if it's not even showing on the field yet. So I yeah, think, I yeah, in that sense, I think it could be a little bit of a safer pick to go with Judy. Maybe something yeah. that holds its value longer. And the flip side of that, because I I have talked to Tim about this pick, and uh, his, his mentality is like what you're saying is he's not going to compete soon. Um, but the flip side of the receiver argument is that if he would pick J.K. Dobbins and Dobbins would come out of the gates just gunning, yeah, uh, a contender is probably likely to pay a pretty hefty price for that player to add him to his window and to his season. Um, but kind of a similar thing what he did with Jacobs this year. Right, exactly. But um, the thing for me that that makes this pick Judy is just the fact that it should be Judy. I think there's this weird thing going on with Jerry Judy right now in Dynasty in which he's slipping down the boards. He's available at six, seven, um, for God knows what reason. I mean, if you want to talk about landing spot, I don't really see a problem with the Broncos. If you want to talk about his weaknesses, I think it's just the case of people have have heard this player's name for too long. And mm-hmm. he is as good as he was last season when people said he was going to be the number one overall pick. And to get him at four is a ridiculous deal for Tim. He gets a bona fide number one receiver to pair with Amari Cooper, and now he goes into the first round, the rest of the first round, with three more chances to add pieces alongside that. So I think the pick should be Judy, and therefore it will be Judy. All right. A team that might be very disappointed, however, that Tim is going to pick Judy is Dave, who is notorious for not capitalizing on his opportunities oh. to get these receivers. Oh. And now he trades back to five. He has number one overall. He trades back to five, thinking maybe he's going to get Judy or Lamb at five. Well, they're both off the board already. So if you're Dave here, what is your next best option? And for me, I'm going to go ahead and take J.K. Dobbins, Ravens running back. This is something that we had tied to Dave in the first mock. We kind of even predicted that maybe he was targeting Dobbins with his trade back. Um, I don't necessarily know if that's true, but I think in this position, he's going to have a player that's going to be able to contribute for him likely this season. Uh, He is in the kind of situation where he's trying to compete for a championship now. He already has three really strong running backs in McCaffrey, Kamara, and Eckler, but this just opens an opportunity for him to potentially deal one of those players to, to maybe grab a guy who's going to contribute even even sooner than a Judy or a Lamb. So I think this actually ends up being a really good pick for Dave. Um, but what do you guys think? Um, I think just by you saying that, I think Tim is going to switch his tune here and start to take <laughs> Dobbins. I think he just wants to do what's worse for Dave. But yeah, I was just going to touch on that. Um, whereas maybe Dobbins is a um, 
in the dynasty community perceived as having more value than Judy at this point, maybe you can use that to your advantage with the better value falling to you at five, whether you trade Dobbins, um, whether you trade Kamara, which he's already talked about potentially doing early in the off season, but this could end up giving them some flexibility because um, you certainly don't picture them with McCaffrey, Kamara, Eckler, and Dobbins. You picture them not making it through the year with all four of those. You'd, you'd think he'd put something, one of those pieces into helping out the rest of his team. But yeah, this could actually be a blessing in disguise, even if he doesn't get his his Judy or his CD, whoever would fall there. Yeah, I I didn't think about that. Taking Dobbins, even with the three good running backs, and then dealing one of the uh, probably more valuable running backs. So that's an interesting strategy um, that I didn't think about. I think Dobbins would be the pick here. And honestly, Dave, he's been drafting young receivers. Like, you look at his team, gotten Nikhil Harry, Anthony Miller, Debo Samuel, like, Terry McLaurin. So, like, he's been investing in these young receivers, and they're very promising ones, but I, I think we're still looking for that that bona fide superstar. And drafting Dobbins and then possibly moving Alvin Kamara, who's, I'm looking at Sleeper right now, his nickname is On the Block. So, <laughs> um, possibly see him move Kamara after he gets Dobbins or, um, uh, or a trade down scenario where he likes one of these receivers later, even like a Rager Maybe. or, um, Mims, so it, it's pretty up in the air. I I think he maybe would be down to move down in the draft, but to, I think five is a good spot to grab Dobbins, and then it gives him that flexibility, like you guys said. Yeah, I could definitely see him trading down as well. And I mean, that's you know when he traded back from one, you knew that he had a plan, and uh, his plan may have included you know moving back for somebody else the entire time. We don't know who what his yeah, board yeah. looks like, but um, uh, just an interesting name to potentially throw out there uh, in the wide receiver market is uh, Amari Cooper, who is newly yeah. acquired from Tim, but is now apparently being shopped already. So potentially this <laughs> is a situation where he doesn't really need to get Judy because he can go to Tim and say, well, I don't need four. I'll take Amari. And maybe there's a deal there, but, um, I do really like Dave's wide receivers. I think we gave him a lot of shit for that last season, but uh, in doing the season in review, I, I'm, I came away really impressed with with that group. And while there might not be a you know a superstar number one receiver there, I think he's going to get a lot of production uh, one, two, three uh, with plenty of depth as well. So uh, good position for Dave to be here at at five, no matter what the pick ends up being. Um, and moving on here, we're going to go to Josh. So Josh, kind of a wild card in this process. A lot of people are, are you know, conjecturing on what he's going to be looking to add, uh, who his best player is. Uh, Caleb, what do you think Josh is going to do at six? Honestly, this is, the more I look into his team, the tougher it is to <laughs> for me to decide who to take here, let alone it just being Josh and not knowing what he's ever going to do. Um, he added Court, Cortland Sutton into this receiving core that features Allen Robinson and Tyler Boyd. Not not crazy talent, but the running backs, Miles Sanders, Geis, will Geis be anything? Um, God, this is a really tough pick for me. I think, I think we're going to go running back here. 
I think we're going to go with DeAndre Swift for Josh. This is a pick. It's another weird spot. Like I said, it's he has a few needs. And I, I know, I think, do we have DeAndre Swift as one of the bigger fallers after his, his landing spot, mm-hmm. I think, from yep. last week's pod? And pretty much stand by that. It's it's an odd landing spot. Didn't expect that. Carry on, still really young. Obviously deals with injuries. But got to think this coaching staff is going to have faith in Swift to, to run it from day one, if you, even if it's a little bit of a platoon. Um, but... Swift was one of the guys who a lot of people's RB1, and now he's falling down here to six with Josh. Um, I think he'd be really happy with that value, even if the value dropped a little bit with the Lions. And I don't know. That's that's my what I would do. But Josh is Josh. Is Josh. I'd love to hear what you guys have to say. <laughs> so when we initially when he initially made this trade, I think the majority of us thought he had another wide receiver in mind, just one of those Josh guys that he was positioning himself to get, um, which I still think could be the case. But the way it fell, I think it's either going to force him into just addressing the running back position, which in that case, I would go swift. Um, But I also would not be shocked if he all of a sudden orchestrated another trade down similar to the Godwin from 2017, maybe moves back to like nine or 10 or something like that and grabs his whoever that wide receiver he was targeting was I know Josh has been very vocal about how he has no idea what he wants to do with six right now, but I still think there's a wide receiver that he had in mind. So I'm that could be a possibility for me as well. and something that I could see happening. And one of the issues here is we're almost, you know, we've, we've only talked about five picks and it seems like, you know, we're already talking about teams that are going to potentially want to trade down. And it's a matter of yeah. how many teams are going to want to trade up. Because exactly. DeAndre Swift, to me, is like, he went number two in our first mock draft. The Lions' uh, landing spot definitely, you know, made a, made his value decrease a little bit. But this is still a premier talent. I mean, this could be a guy that Josh had as his RB1. I mean, I haven't talked to him about it, so I'm not sure. But a lot of people did have him as his RB1. Uh, and if if Josh is able to land that player at six, I mean, maybe he didn't even realize it when he made the Godwin trade that this kind of player would fall to him. Um, but if if he really is in love with one of those receivers, if it's, you know, a Rager, Jefferson, uh, Mi- even a Mims, just one of those guys in that mid-tier, um, then, I mean, I feel like with, with Tim's position, with the with the back to backs at ten and eleven, it might make sense for him to try to go get a guy like Swift if he thinks he, you know, this is kind of widely viewed as like a tear break at this point. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, to me, it's you know, t- take him, take take Swift, and and you know, he's got running back concerns the way it is. Miles Sanders looks really promising for him, and but after that, it's it's really sketchy. He's going relying on Geist to stay healthy, and uh, this is a team that wants to build off of his season, which he was the number two scoring team in Web. So, uh, if he can grab a guy like Swift to round out that lineup, it I don't see a problem with that at all for him. Um, moving on, number seven, we are back on the board here with Tim, pick number two. Uh, and once again, Frazier, you have the pleasure. Making another Tim pick. So 
Tim has obviously been very vocal about how this pick is going to be Joe Burrow. Um, I I can't. This isn't coming from Tim, but I would imagine his other potential target would maybe be like a Cam Akers uh, type player. Um, so I think it comes down to with Tim having picked ten, is which one does he think is going to get to ten um, or has a less chance of getting to ten? And I would want to take that person here. Um, and there's some rumblings that a team maybe in the 8-9 range is interested in Joe Burrow. Um, so I think Tim is going to side with the safe play here and just get his guy. I know he just likes Joe Burrow just as a person um, <laughs> enough to take him over acres, <laughs> even if it's not the advised play. So I think Tim's going to go with Joe Burrow, just going to get his guy Um We'll see how that value ends up turning out. Maybe our QB changes make that actually a very good pick value-wise. You just never never really know. Um, but could be a steady presence in his lineup for 10 years. Um, a safe pick that's probably pretty likely to hold his value for at least a few years, even if he is not that great. But So yeah, I think it's a nice safe pick. People are going to call it a reach, but I just, I'm going to call it a safe pick. And I don't think it's guy, a reach at all. I, I'll say it. I'm going to be very supportive of of this new quarterback movement because I feel like you know we we undervalued quarterbacks for so long in Web, and now we are giving them more value in order to try to increase uh, the the type of value that they hold. And now we have a situation here in which the number one overall pick, Joe Burrow. You know, a lot of people view this guy as an elite prospect at the quarterback position. And I think this would be a great pick for Tim because we don't really know what his window is uh, and when he's looking to compete. So this is a guy that he sticks in the lineup and he doesn't have to to worry about it anymore. Um, and and uh, that could also be said for Colin, which is why I think that Tim will opt to do this at seven rather than 10, because for Colin, when you're just trying to build any kind of value you can, you don't really even have a window. I mean, we're talking 2022, 2023 for his team. Uh, Joe Burrow makes a ton of sense for him to just plug mm-hmm. in there. And, you know, that's my quarterback. Um, but, you know, and and we know that Tim desperately wants Burrow. So I think he has to go Burrow at seven if he wants to lock him up. Yeah. Yeah. Been a lot of smoke screen around, but I think <laughs> this one's pretty much been been what it was the whole time. This and might be the I'm most like... <laughs> clear cut pick in the entire draft, I would say. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I don't I don't think it's a reach there. I think with the quarterback quarterback buffs we're gonna be getting in and the, the kind of rare talent Burrow is, I, I'd have no problem with Tim going to getting his guy here. Yeah. All right, number eight, moneymakers picking here, defending champs. Caleb, you are up. Um, let, okay, let me let me preface it like this for you, Caleb. The the media you, you is me. telling you, you it's were... it's Henry Ruggs. Do you believe it? I do believe it. I <laughs> I do believe it. I think Henry Ruggs. Uh, Mingo's been talking him up a lot, and I know I kind of poo-pooed on him in the last podcast, thinking, comparing him to like a Darius Hayward Bay. But he's in a scenario where not a whole lot of receiving talent besides the ones they drafted. Um, I don't really know what that offense is going to be like uh, uh, with Derek Carr at quarterback. So 
little iffy about that, but what year two of the Gruden experience, so maybe they'll have it uh, figured out. Ruggs as a player, I wasn't he, a player I wasn't huge on, but I understand the upside there um, with his speed and everything. But I I don't know I I guess Mingo really likes him, and if you're willing to take him here at a uh, what eight, uh, yeah I, I'll believe I'll believe what you're saying. I think you'll go with Ruggs. You know what? I'm done. I'm done oh. believing the rugs. The rugs. I'm gonna call it a smoke screen. I. It does. This is the whole time. It's like I understand the viewpoint of Mingo wants to take that high upside um, guy to try and need lead the next wave, but it just doesn't make sense given all the situations with the expansion draft decimating everyone's defense. Uh, when Mingo in a title in a title window, it's just all those things say Mingo should just take Chase Young right now, and I am starting to think that maybe he's gonna. God, I will I... say that I've I have been in talks with teams uh, near the end of the first or top of the second, but if those talks do not go anywhere, as they have not and do not seem like they will. Maybe I'm forced to uh, reach a little bit for a guy like Chase. Wow. <laughs> Could you imagine Joe Burrow going seven and then Chase Young eight? That'd be what's, what's the highest the quarterback's gone in a rookie draft before? Can't be anywhere uh, near this. It was 2.7, I think, last year. Kyler. Yeah. Oh, the other, the other defensive point. lineman. Did I? Set the record. Yep. Yeah. 2.5. That, that was the other point I forgot to make is Mingo is a sucker for web history. And if he got the <laughs> chance to have the highest defensive player drafted ever, I don't know if he'd pass it up. Wow. I didn't think of that. I really should have thought about it more. I mean, I guess we don't believe in Grady Jarrett, Mingo. I, you could go chase young here. I, <laughs> this defensive line is, and Cameron Jordan's not getting any younger. I, I don't you know, know how he keeps Cam Jordan and JJ level. have held down my D line spots for seven years. And, you know, maybe it's, it's just time to, to bring in the, the fresh meat, the changing of the guard. Dude's been playing since 2011 and yeah. according to sleeper, he's never missed a game. Jesus. Well, if there's anything that we learned from talking about eight, it is that the the draft might officially start at eight. I think there's there's a lot of conversation uh, that that begins at eight, where guys are going to start taking their players, uh, and ADP kind of goes out the window a little bit. Um, so, moving on here, we got the expansion team, Colin making his first ever web.com first round draft selection in mock 1.0 Frazier had him taking Jalen Rager, who is still on the board here in 2.0. Um, but, uh, I will be making this pick this time around and I do not think it'll be Rager. I think there's a lot of really talented players on the board right now. I don't really know what his board looks like. I've talked to him a little bit about this stuff, but to me, there's a super difference maker at the wide receiver position that I feel like has a really high floor. And for Colin, that's going to be really important. So I'm going to pick Justin Jefferson. Um, I think Jefferson is a guy that is uh, becoming underrated in web. I think 
Uh, it's a name that we commonly see at that, you know, 11, 12 kind of a range. And this is a, this is a supremely talented player. Um, a first-round pick for the Vikings. You know he's going to get a ton of targets. He's filling that uh, Stephon Diggs role. Um, and, you know, excellent route runner, good speed, um, you know, great uh, hands, high-pointing ability. He's, he's truly a, a very complete wide receiver, and I think he is a, a knockout prospect uh, and fits perfectly in Collins' team as he starts to assemble uh, – what his team's going to look like. Yeah, I like that. I like the the idea of Colin going safe, uh, whether it's Burrow, if Burrow falls, I'm going to maybe even throw Tua's name out there if we're going for a long-term mm-hmm. uh, steady lineup projection. I like what they're kind of setting up in Miami, so that could be a guy that could really hold his value for a while. Um, the other window that I could maybe see him going is doing what we talked about earlier with Tim doing with taking a running back that you would hope to get like a lot of carries right away, like a Cam Akers, and then maybe try and flip him, uh, maybe in that the Josh Jacobs trade mold where you get two firsts coming back. Um, so I, I like I like where Collins at here. There's a lot of options he could go. Um, I think we're gonna get to see see a lot about what his management style is gonna be with the way he goes with this nine pick. Yeah, I don't. I I like this pick. Well, what you have here, Mingo. Like you said, he's a high floor guy. When you compare it to the other very talented receivers around, like I feel like Rager, Mims, they definitely have Mims especially, they have that bust potential. But Justin Jefferson just seems I wouldn't say bust proof, but he look he looks the part of being a receiver that's gonna be very good for a long time. And probably like we were talking before the draft, I know you me and you and Mingo, like sort of like a Keenan Allen guy. Like someone who's yep. still underrated in the NFL. Um, <laughs> Absolutely. That's that's yeah, that's the kind of guy he's going to be there in Minnesota. They just lost Diggs, so he's going to be getting a bunch of targets there. Um, this is a guy you could probably plug, almost plug and play right away, and I think he's definitely one of the safest picks in the draft. Yeah, I think there's a affinity for teams to to go for that upside with a Reger or a Mims at this point. But um, to me, I you know Jefferson is is a better prospect than them might not have the ceiling, but Keenan Allen has had an incredible career in that wide receiver six to 12 range. And for Colin, I mean, you're just trying to get a receiver at this point. He's, he's got some names at running back that he can probably find some production out of this season. But uh, I think Jefferson would make a lot of sense for him. Uh, All right. Tim is up yet again. And guess who's making the pick? It's wow. the Tim draft for me. <laughs> is, you're inside of Tim's <laughs> mind. How scary is that? Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Horrifying. <laughs> All right. So uh, with Tim, we've gone Judy. We've gone Burrow. We went, tried to get our wide receiver of the future at four. We got our quarterback of the future at seven. Um, and I think with Acres on the board here, I think that's where I'm going with Tim. Um, also, the caveat that he also picks 11, so he's also going to get to add one more without anyone else taking anybody. But for 10, I'm going to pick Acres. Um, again, maybe touch on that strategy that maybe he could have done with Dobbins. Um, maybe someone that he can flip uh, throughout this year um, with the Rams. Probably going to be feeding him. Um, could be a valuable asset that Tim could flip to a contender. Um, so yeah, Acres is my pick at ten. 
yeah, yeah. I mean, Phil's I like all it. continue to to fill out this team. Maybe if he's not just trying to move guys, you know, get your get your wide receiver or wait, no, yeah, wide receiver and Judy. You get your running back or quarterback and Burrow. Grab a running back and Akers. Just sort of fill out this team that's currently devoid of talent. I think that'd be nice to get it nice, get it well rounded. And Akers a ton is a, is a solid value. It's a guy who's going to be mm-hmm. like you said a prominent point in that offense and we don't really know his full potential because we didn't get to see it at Florida State and hopefully the Rams have something uh, in store for him yeah I mean I think you know Tim's gonna with the back-to-backs it it opens up a lot of doorways for him to grab players that he really likes um, because you know he can take a guy like Akers who ADP would maybe suggest should be the pick here um, and, you know, a, a guy who's in a good position, we kind of mentioned, you know, highest, higher bust potential there with, with the Rams offensive line, but a guy that at the end of the day is, is in line for a starting job as a running back in the NFL. So um, definitely somebody that he could probably turn into, you know, more picks, which is where his mind is at right now. Yeah, we keep talking about trade up and trade downs this could be with that type of running back falling where you got guaranteed carries coming or maybe a contender or someone who pictures himself contending right away could maybe even try and get aggressive and just try and get acres right out of the gate not even wait till the season starts and try and make that trade up right there so that could also be something Mm -hmm. i can see happening yeah definitely all right well he's got another pick here um and uh with He's gone wide receiver, quarterback, running back. He's hitting all the positions. Um, and now he's in a perfect position here to just grab his player. Um, we mentioned that, you know, starting at eight, boards are going to just kind of be their own. And for Tim, um, if I'm trying to get inside of Tim's mind, who is a Tim player? What kind of player is Tim going to like here? Uh, I'm going to say Jalen Rager. Uh, it feels like Tim is is going to love that upside. Um, you know, Brock kind of mentioned Rager's name the same breath as Odell, um, a player that Tim Tim had. And, you know, the talent might not be on that level, but um, a player that is an explosive athlete and that uh, has, you know, some of those highlight reel catches under his belt and in a position for the Eagles in which, you know, they're going to be relying on him uh, as, as, you know, Carson Wentz's guy, really, with, with Alshon finding, uh, you know, finding it hard to stay healthy and, and having nobody after that. Um, Reger is in a great position here. So I think very much feels like a Tim player, and I think he's going to go Reger. Yeah, this is another pick that just is just a testament of the strength of this class. Like, how often do you pick... A player that's got draft or NFL draft pick first round in the 20s capital um, looks like he has a pretty easy path to number one targets in a good offense, and you're getting him at 11. That's just yeah. nuts. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, there's still there's first round receivers on the board. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it's ridiculous. And a guy like Ray, yeah, it's like it's the perfect landing spot for him. I think. Plays sort of that D. Sean Jackson role that used to be there, um, and a, a very, very high upside guy. I think he, he got some, got a safer, pro, some safer prospects really in Judy and Burrow. Acres a, a little bit of a risk, 
send it here again at wide receiver. I like it. Yeah, I mean, if he can get a hit on Reger and, you know, that that Judy-Reger combo on top for his future wide receiver core, uh, very scary stuff for Tim. So, um, all right. Rounding out the first round then is Kelvin and Caleb. You will be making this pick. All right. Uh, So, end of the first round. He's got 12 and 13 here, and I know a lot of people have been hitting him up. And we, we can see why with the talent that's still available. I think with Calvin, he's not very vocal about who he's taking. We don't really know or hear anything till draft night. So I'm kind of in the dark with what his plan is here. I'm looking at his team. He's got Melvin. He's definitely, he's got the running backs. It's all taken care of. Um, I think we're going to go wide receiver here. And it comes down to, for me, to T. Higgins or Denzel Mims. I think we're going to go possibly a little safer out. Go with the guy Mingo really likes. We're going to go T. Higgins. Just barely making it to the end of the first round. Uh, love the situation for him. I think he's the kind of guy he's going to be really good with Joe Burrow. Probably end up replacing A.J. Green. Uh so sort of a little underrated, I feel like, as we saw in the the money web, he fell a little bit. Maybe he was right where he should have gone. But I think this is a safer pick again. And yeah, I, I like T. Higgins, and I think it'd be a good pick for Calvin here. I love T. Higgins. <laughs> <laughs> I I traded up for him in money web. Um, I have formerly tweeted that he is a future moneymaker, and while that may not uh, be how the stars align for me in July, uh, I will certainly be holding Kelvin's ankles if he is (laughs) available at this pick to try and desperately trade up for him. Um, I, I love T. Higgins. I think he is a superstar in the making. He's in a perfect situation to usurp a player that many people compare him to um, and to be uh, Joe Burrow's number one target for a long time. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, just like with Reger, uh, this is an incredible value at the end of the first for a guy that is maybe not going to get a ton of work this season, but uh, moving forward uh, has huge potential. Yeah, and Caleb touched on it being a safe pick, but I also think there's, like you said, some massive upside with him. If Burrow is what we expect him to be, to have his number one target um, down the line could be huge for Calvin. Well, Calvin's up again. Um, We had him taking Chase Young in the community mock at 12. So he takes Higgins at 12, but Frazier, will Chase Young finally come off the board at 13? Uh, yeah, I believe so. And I think this is one of the easiest, I think this is one of the easier picks uh, of anyone is going to have in web right here. Looking at Caleb's team right now is he has two D linemen on the roster. Um, he's got Jason Pierre, Paul 31. He's got Fletcher Cox, um, who's been a great defensive tackle rankings, but maybe not so much with these sacks, um, that are more important in web. I think this is the perfect chance for Calvin to, add a premier generational pass rusher um, at 13. I think the value is good here. 
I think that fits a need. I just think it's a super, super easy pick for Calvin right here. I'd be shocked if it's not. I agree. Yeah. Honestly, <laughs> honestly, I was, I was between him and Higgins and knowing that he had that second pick afterwards, it's it's exactly what I would have done. Grab a receiver and grab Chase Young. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is the kind of player where, you know, in a in a former year, we we see Miles Garrett as a third round pick, and now it's like, you know, how the hell did that happen? Because yeah. we can't you can't let these guys slip away, and and a guy like Chase Young, who many people expect to to be that generational talent. I know the word is is quite overused, but this may be the case of it actually being true. Um, Chase Young, one of the best prospects ever um, at the at the edge position. So, um, perfect pick for Calvin here. Would be ecstatic to get him at thirteen. Um, all right, Riley is up. So the other expansion team making his first selection. Uh, remember, he did not have a first because he used that to get AJ Brown. So not bad for him. Um, but now he has a chance here, picking at the two point two. Um, so still very high here uh, for Riley, a chance to get a difference maker um, player. And this is a this is a lot like Colin, where you're, you're trying to figure out, you know, what type of a player is going to fit his window. Um, but admittedly, with the additions of AJ Brown and DJ Chark, he is quietly maybe even trying to make a little bit of noise in 2020. Um, so at this point, it kind of comes down to, you know, who's his best player, wh- which player does he think is going to help uh, build that core the quickest. And at this point, I'm taking Denzel Mims because he's Ooh. still on the board. There's buzz about this guy potentially being a first round pick. I, you know, I'm still not convinced that he won't be when it's all said and done. But um, if this is how the board fell, this is a dream scenario for for Riley, a guy who has been vocal um, about being a Mims guy. So you know that he's mm-hmm. not going to let him fall past this point. Um, and, you know, uh, Mims extreme potential, ridiculous potential um, in a great situation with the Jets um, and, you know, pairs perfectly aside uh, A.J. Brown and uh, D.J. Chark for this team. Yeah, this is pretty nuts. Just another nuts, just that this type of player fell to 14 for Riley, a guy that another wide receiver that's got insane measurables, looks to be have a pretty clear path to number one targets. Um, I would love this pick if I was Riley, that you get this type of upside um, all the way down to 14. Pairs him with A.J. Brown mentioned, Chark, and if Mims explodes... All of a sudden, you have a nice little wide receiver core there, even with Paris Campbell, and you never know what John Ross could do if he finds that two-week magic that he had at the beginning of last year. Maybe Riley is the person who's hitting up Tim for these Cam Akers types. (laughs) Things are falling nicely. It's perfectly timed with these high upside wide receivers dropping them in the second round with him picking up that ammo. Um, we know he traded up for this pick since the last time we picked, so maybe he's already envisioning Mims falling to that range. Um, so yeah, I like this pick a lot for Riley. Yeah, I didn't he leapfrog up 
didn't he trade up to this pick? Is that what yeah, happened? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, so you got to think he's targeting someone there that he wasn't going to get a little later. And I think this range right here, it's, um, yeah, Mims would be the pick. Or I'm, there's so many good receivers still that I, I would have no problem taking, like Pittman or Ayuk. So I think Mims definitely got the highest upside. And for a team that's that's looking to rebuild, well, not really rebuild, but build something, Mims is a kind of a guy you can hope for the best while you have A.J. Brown and D.J. Chark already there. I just was thinking that these are going to be so much fun to listen to after we know what actually happened and seeing either how close we were or how far off we were. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, if, if Riley is trading up here to try to get to Mims, um, I would be a little bit concerned. Maybe he's, he's eyeing even moving up further because um, I'm, you know, the way that it fell, you can't really look at any names and say, you know, well, Mims should have went there instead. But I could definitely see a team uh, in the bottom quarter of the first round that is like, I love Mims. I'm taking them. I need Mims. So um, maybe Riley looking to move up even further, or maybe there's another player uh, that was catching his eye closer to this range. Um, but in this situation, huge win for Riley. Um, all right, first pick for Carter then. So Carter, you know, he's got three seconds. Now is his opportunity to make his mark on the 2020 draft. Caleb, which way is he going here with this pick? All right, so again, we got the, was it, Caleb Frazier back-to-backs. We had Calvin last time, Carter this time. <laughs> I think this time I'm going to go the defensive routes. I'll let you possibly take a receiver, but there's a linebacker here, Isaiah Simmons. That's who I'm going to take. First little player, been talked about a lot, how he can just play everywhere. He's going to be an IDP machine, I think. To get him at 15 is a great value. And for a defense that maybe is lacking a little bit of star power, um, looking at the linebackers, he's got Eric Kendrick's very good. Kirksey, we'll see how he does with the Packers till he gets hurt. Miles Jack is apparently moving to outside linebacker, so that's probably going to be um, slightly irrelevant. I think adding a guy like uh, Isaiah Simmons, he oh, and he traded for Buda Baker. So really trying to build a defensive culture, I think he could right here. I think wide receiver is kind of a need, too, with A.J. Green aging, and Michael Gallup lost a little value after the – after the CD Lamb pick and Curtis Samuel with the Robbie Anderson edition, really, wow, he took a lot of hits from hmm. the draft. <laughs> but uh, Isaiah Simmons, I think, is a great value here at 15, and I think he'd be ecstatic to get him. Yeah, I agree fully. I think with this pick, I think he's actually rounded out a really nice lineup. Like, I don't see any huge glaring needs other than D line, but he's got this next pick coming out too. Um, but yeah, I like adding Isaiah Simmons, get that high upside on the on the defensive line. Or on the linebacker. Yeah. Something, <laughs> something mean, that... Who knows? They say you can play <laughs> well, yeah. DB, yeah. D-line, whatever. Um, but something that the Buda Baker trade kind of... You know, maybe I'm just connecting dots that aren't, aren't there, but two years ago, it was Josh and Carter with the Miracle season. And Josh comes back a year later as the number two scoring team, and Carter comes back as, you know the worst team in the league or one of the worst teams in the league, at least. 
uh, worst team in the Big Five. And to me, it's like Carter's trying to almost replicate what Josh was able to do, um, and that was build an incredibly strong defense. And so for Carter to go out and grab a guy like Buda Baker, it tells me that he recognizes that while his team is still a work in progress on the offensive side, he can do a lot to build that defense right now, especially with these picks. Um, and while he he's probably not going to get Chase Young this low, um, to see a guy like Simmons even fall this low in the draft is, you know, a huge, a huge win for him. Um, instant impact player on his defense, pairing with some of these other guys like Eric Hendricks and, and Buda Baker. Um, and maybe he even adds adds another linebacker with one of his other two seconds. And, you know, now we're talking about Carter's defense, um, which has perennially struggled. It is It hasn't been a unit that he's found a lot of success out of. Um, and maybe he's finally, you know, looking to really invest on that end while he kind of figures things out on offense. Yeah, and with that, I'm going to just transition into his next pick. All right, so he, he addresses the linebacker. Um, while looking at the way this board landed, um, I could see maybe Carter wanting to double dip again in the defense, but I think the value is better for him to maybe dip into whichever one of these tier two wide receivers he likes the best, try and address that need as well. Um, I could also see if the board fell this way on draft day um, with Carter's need at D-line. I think he's only has one of them right now. Um, trying to get yeah, maybe it's... very aggressive and maybe try and leapfrog Calvin. Um, maybe move up to 11 to try and get Chase Young if he really wants to. That could risk him. He probably wouldn't end up getting Simmons in that scenario, but that could be an option too. Um, but in this scenario... I'm just going to try and guess which wide receiver on the board here that Carter likes best. And he kind of strikes me as a Michael Pittman guy. So I think I'm going to go with Michael Pittman here for Carter. Yeah, Michael Pittman guy. Honestly, I didn't watch till right before the draft. He was getting a lot of hype. Riley was talking him up to me and came away as a really well-rounded player and ended up going to a good situation with the Colts um, where he's going to have a, Probably a pretty clear path to targets. Um, T.Y. Hilton getting a little older, but he's a different kind of receiver than T.Y. I think they complement each other pretty well. And honest, honestly, I like this pick here. You, it depends who he likes more between mm-hmm. him and Ayuk and LaVisca, but w- whatever uh, type of receiver he's looking for, he can get here. Um, and I, I like the pick. Yeah, I mean, this is just another instance of a wide receiver who I expect to, you know, produce very early in his career. Um, A great situation for him in Indy. Um, Like you said, a a nice compliment to T.Y. as he kind of gets into the end of his career here. Um, And, you know, whatever their quarterback situation looks like moving forward, you know, we'll see. But for for right now with Phillip Rivers – um, I think Pittman has a chance to, you know, be an impact player even as soon as this season. Um, and, you know, th- it's just the same narrative. You know, 16, you're getting a receiver with this level of talent, with that level of opportunity. Um, I think this could be a huge win for, for Parker here. Or for Carter. For Carter, <laughs> sorry. Parker is up next. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm on the clock here with Parker's pick, so 
Uh, he picked JT, number two overall, now all the way down here at 17 uh, with his second selection. Um, and like you were saying, Caleb, it's kind of choose your flavor uh, with these wide receivers. I, I don't know if he's going to go with a guy like Keyshawn Vaughn here, um, who, you know, just plummeting down the board and web is <laughs> a guy with first round ADP and, and nobody yeah. wants to touch him. But um, for for Parker here, I'm going to go, man, I'm going to go with Ayuk. I think, you know, this is a first round, first round player. Um, and while, you know, not everybody has that type of a grade on him, maybe uh, at 17, I don't see how you can go wrong with this. Um Kyle Shanahan always maximizes his talent. We saw that with Debo, even as a rookie. Um, and Parker's grabbing Ayuk here, um, you know, middle of the second. Um, a player, uh, you know, explosive athlete, great after the catch. Um, a player that you know that Kyle Shanahan is going to, you know, scheme touches for. And, and while he might not have, like, extreme upside as a wide receiver, um, definitely a guy who who could you know be a nice wide receiver three, um, complementing you know Devonte and and Odell. Yeah, I like this pick a lot for Parker. I mean, we always talk about wide receiver is his strength, but I I like also just keep pouring assets into it, keep building on that strength, um, try and anticipate any injuries. Um, so I like um, sending Ayuk into this room. He had slate and emerge. Um, just a nice depth piece gives you flexibility. Just and getting that type of player at 2.05 or whatever it is at this point is just awesome too. I wish that this uh, this happened every year. <laughs> like this, yeah. it's insane. And it's like this guy. This is a guy that was taken the first round of the NFL draft. Like, how yeah, often do you crazy. see a first round receiver fall to 17th? How often yeah. do you see him fall to the first round? Like, this is. This is ridiculous value, and we saw it in MoneyWeb. He fell to that same point, and it's like Ayuk's not a bad player. No, it's, it's ridiculous. All right, Caleb. Josh is on the clock here. His first pick since selecting DeAndre Swift. So this is a perfect uh, arena for Josh to grab his player, um, an owner that you know very well known for sticking his board no matter what. So, Caleb, what do you think Josh is going to do here? For me, there was a little bit of a tear break in the receivers there, but I know there's a guy that's still on some people's boards right there, and I'm going to have him take LaVisca Chenault. This guy I was sort of up and down on. I I liked his tape before coming into this uh, college football season, but he didn't really pop off to me from what I saw this year. And the Jaguars is a I don't even know what to feel about that spot. They they have DJ Chark there. They don't really have a solid number two. They got Gardner Minshew at quarterback. Not exactly sure how that's going to turn out. There's some, we don't know what's going to go on with Fournette. There's just a lot of question marks. But LaVisca is interesting because what I've, from what I've heard, they're going to try and use them all over the place. Like as a wildcat quarterback, running back, receiver, like spread them out all over. So this is a guy that could maybe make a fantasy impact in more ways than one. And I think that's definitely worth a shot here at 2.08. Yeah, and this is just another guy that a year ago was getting 1.01 buzz. And here you're getting him halfway through the second round at pick 18. 
Um, this is a, the kind of player where if he maybe would have went to a more established um, offense that shows the ability to get these types of players involved where he could have been another player that was up in that first round. So that's huge for Josh to get that type of talent here at second. I think with his team structure, with his defense able to kind of sustain him, he can afford to take a nice high upside swing here. So I think this is a really nice pick for Josh, and we're getting to see a lot of these teams in the mid-second just kind of getting to pick their flavor of wide receiver. Um, So it's going to be pretty interesting. Yeah, and this is just another instance where, you know, it's been a very wild process for Chenault. You know, like you said, Brock, he's getting like actually 1.1 buzz. Then, you know, for most of this offseason, he's been, you know, first round type of a, you know, ADP. He goes to the Jaguars. You know, there was some injury concerns with him, but he, he was drafted highly. He was drafted into a really good situation for him. Um, and yet it just feels like his value is only taking hits, um, each time, you know, each time you check in on him, he's lower. So I don't know what that means, but I think that there's a real possibility here that, uh, Josh is walking away with a real steal, uh, at 18 overall for, for a guy who, Mm -hmm. you know, is kind of falling for maybe not even some known reasons. Mm -hmm. All right. Moving on then, Carter on the board here again, his third and final second-round pick as of right now at least. And Frazier, you're up again for Carter. All right, so last time I picked for Carter, we picked Pittman um, or whoever Carter wants to pick out of those wide receivers that he likes. Could see him going LaVisca maybe, but um, at 19, I think there's a little bit of a drop-off again in the wide receivers, at least for me. Um, So... With this pick, he took Simmons at 15. I think I might, I think I'm going to double dip. I'm going to go linebacker here for him. A little bit of a splurge pick here. I don't already hate, I don't hate his linebackers already, especially adding Simmons now that looks like a strong group. And I'm going to add Patrick Queen, and I'm just going to make this a super strong group. Um, Like Mingo touched on, trying to build maybe similar to Josh where these two teams always are going to be linked from that championship. Um, So maybe Carter can build that type of defense. We saw Josh got that springboard from Darius Leonard, the stud linebacker. So maybe Patrick Queen can be that for Carter. Yeah. Or, you know, even if, you know, Simmons becomes that level player, Queen is the perfect compliment. And Josh, you know, had that compliment as well. Um, And yeah, I think like this would be, you know, a great situation where if Carter's adding, you know, wide receivers or, or taking a guy like Vaughn here or something, if he likes the value, it's like he's going to have a premier defense. If he does this, you know, you add two second round mm-hmm. linebackers. We saw Dan do that with Edmonds and Roquan a few years ago. Um, and they both became, you know, a rock solid duo. Riley snatched him away in expansion um, and you know, now Carter kind of has an opportunity here to do a similar thing, um, while also picking up a guy like Pittman in the process. So yeah, yeah, really, really good situation for Carter. Yeah. Big fan of the pick, just stack up that defense. Uh, it's a shame he lost so many of those seconds in the expansion draft <laughs> this team could really, really have built something, but I like the Hollies getting in our mock draft here. All right, Riley is up again here. I picked him Mims at 14, now at 20. I want to go Tua here. 
but <laughs> I think with a pick coming up here at 22, that would be a spot where he's probably more likely to look at Tua, uh, knowing that Tim's not going to take another quarterback. So um, as for right now, I, I'm i going to go with Brian Edwards. I think that Ooh. this is a guy who's getting a ton of buzz. Uh, mm-hmm. And, you know, I think Webb is there. There was a few people that were, you know, the Caleb's and the Riley's of the world who were the tape grinders. They already knew about this guy. Uh, he gets hurt. He's unable to test. He falls down the board a little bit. Um, and now I feel like there's a there's a, a decent amount of buzz surrounding his name again for teams that are picking in that late second where they're targeting this guy. Um, and and Riley is going to reap the benefits here, picking him up at 20 um, ahead of Tim and, and potentially Kelvin. So, um, Caleb, you're you're really high on Brian Edwards. Why don't you uh, break this one down for us? Yeah, this is a guy that caught my eye early in the process when I was cutting up film, and I think he's just a really clean route runner. Um, I have to go check my notes exactly on all I had on him, but I thought he was I was he was criminally underrated. Like he wasn't being mentioned at all in the top wide receivers, which is understandable with how how good this class is. But he goes to a situation with the Raiders where they already drafted Henry Ruggs. Um, they also went out and got Lynn Bowden, who we probably won't touch on in this on this podcast at all, but he's an interesting player that started out as a receiver, switched to quarterback, put out some wild production. Um, I'm interested to see how they use him uh, in Oakland, but Brian Edwards, definitely. I, I threw out that hot take the other week that he'll outproduce Henry Ruggs. And I think he's just, he's just going to be a much more consistent player where Ruggs is the sort of boom bust kind of guy. Brian Edwards is going to be that he'll get you a, a like, six or five or six catches a game for sure he might not be the most flashy or anything but i think he's just a just going to be a consistent producer and to get him at 20 i think is a good value point honestly for him for riley yeah this i'm gonna keep beating a dead horse but this is just another player where it's just crazy that riley's getting this person at 20 like you start to wonder if he didn't get hurt does, does he end up being a second round nfl draft pick and at that point, are you still getting him at 20? And with this class, it's still kind of a maybe. Like, he could have maybe. <laughs> it's just nuts that you're getting second-round wide receiver talent this late. Um, but, yeah, I like this pick a lot for Riley. This is a guy that's getting buzz. Um, he's a lot of people talking about how he could beat Ruggs, and I could see that happening, maybe being a more consistent option. So, a nice, nice pick for Riley here. Yeah, Edwards is one of those guys that's like a draft Twitter darling. Yeah. And those players, yeah. you know, the Webb doesn't let those guys slip through the cracks usually. Webb's mm-hmm. pretty on top of the the draft Twitter buzz. So I I definitely expect some team um to try to make a play for him earlier than maybe we'd expect, uh or or earlier than ADP would suggest. So um all right. Moving on then, Tim up here, uh his First time in the second round after four first round picks. So Caleb, what is he what is he looking for here? Yeah, so we've been covering the bases with offensive players with his first few picks, and now I think we'll hop over to the defensive side and grab linebacker Kenneth Murray. I think he sort of rounds out this top tier of linebackers with Queen and Simmons and uh got drafted by the Chargers. They I think he's a good fit there. Tim, the linebacking situation, he's got Van Der Esch, 
Uh, this Alexander Johnson cat from Denver put up some pretty good numbers, but outside of that, it's not looking um, very deep. Uh, so I think Kenneth Murray here at the end of the second would be a very good value for him to round out the team he's trying to build. Another, yeah, another great linebacker. Um, you know, this will be the the first time that we see three linebackers. I think going in the second round. I want to say I think it's normally only been two, but um, yeah, can't fault this pick at all. Tim's loaded up on a, a ton of positions so far. Some great talent on offense, um, and now has a has a you know rock at that linebacker spot. Yeah, been some rumblings that LVE has been in trade talks too, mm-hmm. so that would make this an even <laughs> yeah. more solid pick. Yeah, for sure. All right. Uh, Riley up yet again. Frazier, you're up. All right. So my mindset right now, if I was in Riley's shoes, um, so I'd be trying to gauge what I want out of 2020. Um, if he's if he's looking to build for the future, Mango touched on it. I think Tua would be a nice solid pick here, but I really think it depends on how he feels about Dwayne Haskins. If he thinks Dwayne Haskins can maybe make this help this team make some noise in 2020, if this wide receiver core booms, I could maybe see Riley going running back here to try and round out that lineup. I mean, he's got Brita, um, who should be able to produce points this year, but after that, he's got Damian Harris, who, if he puts up what he put up last year, he's not going to be able to start. <laughs> um, I don't know which running back Riley likes here that I'd go with. Um, God, I just don't. I don't like Sean Vaughn. You gotta think Vaughn's gonna come. I mean, even he, at this point, if you don't like him, yeah, the spot alone would would make you take a dice roll. But maybe yeah, not. I, I think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna do Keyshawn Vaughn. I think Riley's gonna do a little bit of a heat check here. Maybe see if he could make some noise this year. Try and round out that lineup, fill that RB two hole. Go on, Keyshawn Vaughn. Like you said, I think it's I think it's good value at this point. It's ridiculous. I mean, this is a player that, you know, just I'm I'm I have a list here pulled up, and his ADP on this list is 11. Um, and I've seen mock drafts where he's going at eight. I've you know it's more consistent that he's going at like 11 or 12. But even so, that's a first round pick. Yeah. He's he's and- almost universally considered a first round pick. Any any running backs in web that have just the slightest hint of hey this guy might be unathletic just drop like rocks. <laughs> I was gonna I say it's because it's amazing. Yeah, like the ADP and rankings everywhere have him as like a top at least like top twelve thirteen guy, and in money web he I where did I where did I get him at like twenty, like and I'm not even I think I guess you no know, just no one's really huge Keyshawn Vaughn guys I. I was okay with him, and and in MoneyWeb, I needed running back help, so I obviously felt like that was a good area to take him. But, yeah, I don't know what to think about Keyshawn. It's, they drafted Ronald Jones in the second a couple years ago. He hasn't shown much. They got a whole new whole new lineup, basically, in offense. I guess it's going to come down to the the hot hand, probably, at running back, and you can get a guy like Keyshawn Vaughn if he if he takes off in the beginning, this is a steal late in the second. Yeah, I think it's mostly like one of those picks where it's not really viewed as, you know, this could be my running back 
two of the future. You know, this is a patchwork pick. This is, you know, Tom Brady's Buccaneers offense. Um, This could be the running back that is starting for them. So I think that's probably a reason that we're going to see him fall in web because people are so um, future focused. Um, Nobody's really looking to, to get that quick patch, especially in a draft class that's this deep. Um, But there comes a point in time where you just have to say the value for a potential running back that is, or potentially starting running back uh, becomes too much. And he, and even if, if it's a team like Riley, who's not in a position to compete this season, um, this is a player that, you know, he can, he can try to trade or, or do whatever with, but um, the value just seems it's way too far gone. Um, I, I think probably he'll end up going higher than this, but, if Webb is really that low on him, then maybe he even slips to the third. I, I don't know. Yeah, that would be nuts if he slipped to the third. Oh my god, <laughs> that would be fucking unprecedented, <laughs> ridiculous. But yeah, all right. Um, Tim, twenty-three here. His his last pick of the second round. Um, obviously, he's gotten a haul so far. He adds Kenneth Murray at twenty-one. And now just another position where he can say, I'm going to take the best available player. Um, I would maybe consider that to be Tua. Obviously, he's not going to do that. So in this case, um, I'm going to do something that feels very Tim, um, and I'm going to take A.J. Dillon. Because as much as we... Because he just took him. (laughs) Did he? (laughs) Yeah. Took, just just took him in money web. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I it's we're at a point in the draft now where where Tim is gonna be looking at players with recognizable names for him, um, and he's looking at a Packers running back and looking at that and saying, well, let's let's let it ride. And you know, we we mentioned this last week. Will AJ Dillon find his way into the second round? Um, I think this would probably be a decent value pick um, for a guy that, you know, will probably have some sort of a role for the Packers moving forward, even if you don't love the talent or love, you know, the the place where they picked him. Um, he's he's going to get worked into that offense. He's a second round pick. So um, I think, you know, this is it makes sense for Tim and, and knowing his mentality maybe even makes a little bit more sense. You know what? I'm gonna stop being secretive about it now that he got taken in MoneyWeb after me desperately trying to trade up to go pick him. I am just all aboard AJ Dillon. I <laughs> like I in my mind there's a more than likely scenario that Aaron Jones that they let him walk, and the fact that AJ Dillon is going down in the 24-23 range. Um, this is a guy that I could easily see being an RB1 as early as next year. And I think it's just nuts to be able to get that type of player right now. I am I am aboard the A.J. Dillon train. I still don't like to pick for the Packers. Damn. But from a fantasy standpoint, I'm all aboard. Yeah, I won't well, lie. I was also trying to trade up for him in MoneyWeb after the Keyshawn Vaughn pick. And it's Honestly, in my head, I was trying to decide which of the two I'd like. I In MoneyWeb, I decided Keyshawn because I think he had a clear right-away opportunity and I had literally no running backs. But mm-hmm. A.J. Dillon, I think 
I'm like an after after a year after we figure out what's going on with the running backs. Like like you said, is he's gonna have a pretty clear path to carries if we don't bring back one of those running backs, and if we don't bring back Aaron Jones, he's gonna be very valuable. And you we they obviously hate the pick, despise the pick, but you you have a second round second round running back. They're gonna they're gonna integrate him into the offense as much as they can, and it looks like they're scheming towards a run first sort of thing. So. Uh, yeah, AJ Dillon, I think would be a very solid pick here. And, um, I, I'm guessing sounds like he's going to move up the boards a little bit in web. So I don't know if he'll even fall as far. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a classic case. It, it was the most predictable thing in history. Uh, as soon as AJ <laughs> Dillon became a Packer, his value in web shot up. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's all there is to it. And I mean, like, there is that looming question mark of what are they going to do with Aaron Jones? Um, and yeah, I mean, if, if he's the Packers starting running back as early as, you know, 2021, 2022 crazy value at the end of the second. All right, let's finish this thing up. Caleb, you are on the clock here with Calvin's pick closing out round two. All right. I think this is the easiest pick so far, at least in my eyes. I'm going to go with Tua. End of the second, quarterback buff. His quarterback situation is Carson Wentz and Ryan Fitzpatrick. So Carson Wentz has the injury concerns, so you replace him with a guy who also has injury concerns. Just <laughs> kidding. But uh, at the end of the second, I think this is definitely a good value. He's got Ryan Fitzpatrick as his backup, which is an ideal, and the the quarterbacks with with everything getting expanded they're going to be a little harder to come by and with the buff so uh, I think he definitely this is the the surefire pick pick up to uh just in case something happens to Carson so or just to possibly usurp Carson Tua is like the most unpredictable player in this draft for me like I could see him going way higher than this mm-hmm. given that Joe Burrow is going at seven. And he is easily uh, the the next best quarterback in this class. I mean, I Justin Herbert, I don't expect will be picked maybe in the fourth round if a team's feeling it. But um, that being said, with how deep the class is and just looking at this second round and some of the names, I don't know if he does go earlier than this unless a team is like yeah. in love with him. Um, which is kind of nuts. And if he falls past Kelvin, which I agree with you, I don't think he will. I think Kelvin, you know, has got to make this pick. Uh, it's great value. He's already added, you know, some really talented guys uh, so far in his in his draft class. But um, yeah, I mean, it's so strange because I I could also see him falling to the third, um, just based off of you know his injury concerns plus the depth of this class. But yeah. Uh, what do you think, Frazier? Yeah, I like this pick a lot. Rock solid pick. Um, I got no problem with Calvin playing it safe, ensuring once a little bit. Um, the only other argument I could potentially make is as a wide receiver room, even with adding uh, Higgins earlier, it's still a little bit unsexy for lack of a better term. I could see him maybe taking a shot on one of those high upside wide receivers that are left. I think uh kj hamler chase claypool would kind of be the names that i'd mention in that situation but i have no problem with calvin going with tua here well 
that's it. <laughs> Web that was a beast. 2.0, an absolute monster, longer podcast, but um, this is, you know, one of our, one of my favorite parts about web is, is the draft process. And this year specifically with, with the kind of talent, I mean, we saw it here, um, running down the second round, some of these names, it's, it's incredible. Um, and a lot of people are trying to get in on this second round. I've heard so much buzz about teams trying to acquire these picks and it, you know, People don't want to move because it's 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 good. Mm-hmm. They're going to get hauls, you know, Carter, Riley, um, you know, even Kelvin there with you know opening and closing the second. Uh, these teams are going to add a lot of talent uh, in that round, and yeah, I'm I'm so excited to see uh, how it all shakes out in two months. If uh, once the smoke clears, <laughs> I cannot wait to listen to these podcasts after. right yeah it'll be interesting you know watch it just be cookie cutter you know (laughs) bang bang boom everybody gets who we thought Mm -hmm. Um, yeah Yeah, we could we could ruin the excitement (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah, we should put put a disclaimer spoiler alert on the box draft you guys don't want to know what's going to happen spoilers we are reading your minds Regardless, regardless of smoke or not smoke, uh, the draft is going to open up wide, uh, starting maybe even oh. at eight, eight or yeah. nine. It's going to be. I I have a feeling that what they were predicting about the NFL draft, this is the most unpredictable draft of all time, and then it goes literally chalk, yeah. like the yeah. the chalkiest draft I've ever seen. I think this could actually be the most unpredictable web draft once we get out of that first tier, but. Um, All right. Well, that's going to do it for us here. Uh, Next time we see you, it will be June and we will be talking about running backs. So we're going to, we're going to really dial in on these prospects. We've, we've kind of glossed over some of these guys uh, and, you know, obviously running through the draft order here, but um, that'll be our opportunity to kind of, you know, share with you what we've seen on tape uh, and you know, not everybody uh, in web has has the kind of time or or mental energy to to grind tape. So uh, maybe uh, we'll we'll help you out a little bit with uh, with the running backs and then wide receivers after that. So um, excited for that. So I'm guys, be able to fully start the AJ Dylan hype train. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> choo choo. You have two hey, weeks. The two to biggest supporters you'll find out there. <laughs> We got to watch Keyshawn Vaughn. We got to be ready to talk Apparently, all about yeah. uh, why he's why he's going to be a third round pick in Web. But <laughs> all right, well, let's uh, make it a great two weeks. 